0: Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics, and after
1: connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group Wags of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury.
0: We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives.
1: As each week, as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver
0: and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts Elena Pauly and Brooke Page. Today we are speaking about girls nights and how what steps we have taken in the past to set ourselves up for success, to be able to get away with our girlfriends for an evening, for a few hours, for maybe a weekend, um, and read some of the comments from our private discussion group on Facebook from other women and what that looks like for every women from our group after spinal cord injury and what that adjustment looks like because it's a pretty big deal and in the name of self-care girls nights are an amazing thing to be able to participate in but there is a lot that comes attached to that so that'll be today's episode and we'll see you there shortly
1: before we begin, we just wanted to send a shout out, as always, to this episode's sponsors. Please, please take a look at their offerings, their websites, and learn more about how they work with us, because these women are foundational pillars to this podcast and also to the community as a whole. Uh, their first sponsor is Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Robin is a lawyer. She's also the official advocate for the Women's SCI community. Robin and her team are extremely experienced when it comes to personal injuries, but also specifically brain injuries and spinal injuries. So they know the ins and outs of what happens after a spinal cord injury. This is why we connected with her in the first place. And she has been helping us behind the scenes for the last almost four years now with our own personal cases and also advocating for paid spousal caregiving. So if you want advocacy from Robin, as far as anything from looking over your insurance policies, maybe writing a letter, connecting you with resources in your specific area, she's always available 24-7, literally, to help you out. So please visit her website, brainandspinelaw.com com to get in touch with Robin and learn more about her and her team. And you can also go to wags of SCI.com and click on the legal resources tab to learn more about our partnership and what she does for the community specifically of Wags of SCI. Our second shout out goes to Annalisa Squires, co-owner with her husband, John, of Rolling in Paradise. Rolling in Paradise is an adaptive equipment company that is VA approved. She and her husband specialize in helping you get the leisure activity equipment that you need. So if you need anything from a hand cycle to any sort of adapted equipment for your leisure activities, she is the person to get in contact with. You can visit rollinginparadise.com and contact Annalisa and John today. John is a quadriplegic of over 30 years and she is a quad wife. So we'd love to support wagon businesses in this community. So next time you need some sort of equipment, please visit their website first and let them know that the Wags of SCI sent you. So today's topic is pretty fresh in our minds because Lena and I had a very overdue girls night last week. We went out to a bar that we really like and the casino. (laughs) Um, It's something that, you know, we really like to do together. And um, myself, I have a C4, for for all of our new listeners out there, I have a C4 level uh, quadriplegic husband. And we usually... I can leave him for three to four hours by himself normally if I set him up for success, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we were able to go out last week and we had a lot of fun. And so we posted some things on social media about our, you know, our night together, and really got some women talking. And we have we had a lot of great responses to the girls' night, and it, we realized just how big it is in our community. To be able to go out and, Mm -hmm. you know, not just with your girlfriends, but with WAGs in particular, your WAG friends, like that's huge. Um, and to make this happen requires a lot of planning. So we wanted to talk about it today and we wanted to read more information about what other WAGs have posted about this subject. And then, you know, regardless of where you are in your journey with SCI or your partner's journey with SCI, um, You probably know that, you know, getting out of the house and doing something for you, regardless of what it is, or doing something in the house for you um, and having your own time is extremely important.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, first, I would like to clarify that we did not go to the bar. We went to a restaurant and sat at their <laughs> bar.. <Okay. Brock. laughs> I don't think we've gone to a bar in a very long time. um but anyways, yes, we had a really lovely time. The food is amazing, and Brooke and I specifically like to sit up at the bar because um there is a certain resta- uh certain part of the restaurant that is really, really quiet, and then that way we can sit and we discuss other WEGs of SCI planning activities, things that we would like to see happen for the WEGs of SCI community, how we can support other women in our community. And of course, that just happens to be um, where we really, really enjoy going. So that was a lot of fun. And it was right after my exam, which I mean, hello, was really just exactly what we needed to do was unwind after really hard work. So A few things about that. Um, I know that a few women in our group have spoken about returning back to education or continuing their education after their partner sustained an injury and they have left university and just how hard that is to be able to balance, like you said, caregiving your own personal um, interests, your own personal goals and achievements while being the caregiver and also balancing girls' nights, being able to get away for a night and planning it accordingly for success because something will always what like we always say, something will always go wrong. So you want to be able to set yourself up for success. And so we did, right. We were gone for what, quite a few hours. I would say we really, we weren't sitting there counting the time or anything, counting the clock. So that was really, really nice. Um, And when we got home, I think we were both really happy to be home. We we like to call it senior hour because we go out quite, quite early. So we're home quite early. And that seems to be exactly what works for us. And I think Not only just because our partners have spinal cord injuries and need us, but I think it's also just us at our age where we're not that old, but we're definitely enjoying more daylight than anything else, I think. For sure. And
1: also, you know, in this wag life, like we we like to go to bed relatively early or at least get into bed and watch a show or relax. So when we get home at eight or nine p.m., it's always it's always really nice to be able to, like, get our partners into bed and just chill and relax at the end of a night like that, Um, which I got to do. I don't know about you, Elena, but um, yeah, Yeah, it was a fun
0: time. I came home and opened a bag of cheesies, the jalapeno jalapeno cheese puffs from whole foods and then dan said i walked in the room and i said i don't think i really need these do i so <laughs> so, so then i was trying to pawn them off on him and he was like yeah no i don't need cheesies in my bed but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway so we had some really great comments we were able to re- branch out and see how other women do them because the conversation began begins for us When both of us started to look at our lives and see what was available to us in terms of taking a bit of a break, especially at the beginning of spinal cord injury, when your partner is first injured, there's so much going on, it's a little bit chaotic, in terms of you're sort of in a bit of a survival mode right after discharge from rehab. Um, your partner is quite reliant on you, especially, sorry, your partner of a C-level. Um, if your partner is a quadriplegic, they're quite reliant to have you help them out throughout the day. So being able to get away a lot of the time, you just don't have the energy. And I, And I did read some comments on the group from a few women saying exactly that, that there's guilt involved with leaving your partner, that sometimes uh, you just don't have the energy to get ready and go out with your girlfriends. Um, Some of the other reoccurring themes were basically that finances, finances are a big thing. You don't have the extra funds to even go out for a girl's night. So how do we balance that Brooke?
1: Well, I think before, yeah, before we get into our personal perspectives on this, and before we kind of dive into more of the themes of the responses that we got, I think it's important to talk about the fact that there are a lot of high, high level uh, quadriplegic um, wags in the group that do not have care or support. They live in smaller towns, they don't have nursing, and so they have to be around their partners, whether they're event dependent or they're just, they they are super, super high level C1, C2 quadriplegic and they don't have assistance and they need a lot of support. And I think that we need to include WAGs um, that have this experience more often because it can be very, very isolating. That being said, I think there's a lot of ways and and ways that I've myself as have experienced and continue to experience to get your alone time. And I know we've talked about this in the past on, on many podcasts, but to be able to have a girl's night or get your alone time when you still have to be at the house, um, you know, especially those, you know, those C1 to C4 level quads that need a lot of support. I don't think there's anything wrong with that myself. And so I think, We definitely should get into that a little bit later when we talk about ideas as to, let's say you can't get out for a girls' night. Let's say you can't get out by yourself and go and do something you want to do. Let's just say finances are an issue or you don't have any other support and you have to stay at home. That is not a problem here at Wags West CI because we have a lot of good ideas and and our followers have a lot of good ideas on how you can get that time that you need to develop yourself and to be alone even while you're still at the home. So I think, I think we should get into that a little bit later. But to all those ladies out there that have very high level quads, we see you. We know you're there. I know a lot of the women that are in the group with really high level quads, they're quiet sometimes because they do feel a little bit more isolated. So we just want to honor you guys out there that are going through that experience as well. So let's get into some of the comments that you were getting at. So we were talking about some themes. So let's talk about guilt. Um, I know you and I have both experienced that. I think it's something that is very, very common, regardless of what injury level your partner is, even T levels, Um, because there, well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons as to why, but for myself personally, guilt was something I had to deal with earlier on. And I know you mentioned that a couple podcasts ago, but you also mentioned that when we went out and you were saying to me like, oh my God, like, remember when we had our first couple of girls nights and you felt so guilty and so sad for leaving your partner.
0: Mm-hmm. And I remember that.
1: Remember you were like, oh, you've come so far. And it's yeah. true. Cause like, yep. we don't like to see that in ourselves, right? Like we don't like to see, like, we don't notice these things. Oh yeah. I have come pretty far. Oh yeah. I do remember, you know, what it was like to kind of work through those feelings of feeling guilty. And I know as women, it's, okay. it's more, it's more problematic for us because, you know, our partners, we view them as like, oh, he's stuck at home. He can't do anything for himself. And we don't like to have him feel those feelings. And we don't like to have him feel sad and, you know, his life has been impacted enough as it
0: is. Right. I mean, yes. Yeah. I definitely remember that day when you, when you felt really, really sad, we pulled over, you were in tears and you made me take you home. And it was like, at that time, it made so much sense. It still makes sense because. Those are natural feelings. There's there's a lot that's accompanying very recent spinal cord injury. There is a lot of natural emotions and feelings around guilt you know, leaving your partner behind, which is not true, right? It's it's just our brain is trying to make sense of what's happening. It's it's not like you're leaving anybody behind, but it takes a lot of practice. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? What do you mean? Just like
1: like some people may not be familiar as to like, well, that's not true, right? Because people think it's true. Like they see that perspective of like, we- I don't want to leave my partner because he's all alone and he feels terrible and I'm selfish for leaving and all those feelings that come with that.
0: Well, exactly. And I think you'd be best actually to to elaborate on that because it was happening to you, right? I mean, how did you get yourself out of that that perspective of, I need to go home right now. I feel really terrible. I think even at one point you said, this feels so inhumane. He's by himself, you know? Um, and then here we are a few years later and have a better system and have a better plan and a better setup to be able to go out and then return. Cause you're not leaving them behind. We're not leaving anybody behind. I
1: think the only way to navigate that is to do your own healing and to process the injury and to process your feelings yourself because I think we project a lot when we're trying to heal uh, especially as women with our partners and it's so tough because it's so you're so intertwined right but I think literally the only way is to work with what you're feeling and examine those feelings as they come up and kind of Feel what they're attached to, like why do I feel this way? Why do I feel? And I constantly ask myself myself those questions. It's really important, and I did back then too. It's like why do I feel this way? Why is this? Is it because it's too soon? Is it because I haven't dealt with, you know, my loss, the feelings of loss? Is because is it because I don't want my partner to feel the stuff that he needs to feel in order for him to heal? And I think that's really common, especially newer newer injuries and earlier on into the injuries. You feel like you have to protect your partner because they've just gone through a trauma and so have you. And the easier thing to do, instead of look at it yourself and say, okay, I need to heal myself because I can't heal my partner. He has to heal himself. The easiest thing to do is to project and say, oh, I need to go be with him so he doesn't have to feel,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Well, I know that's be- where
1: I was. So,
0: But that being said as well... <clears throat> While your partner is in rehab and in hospital, a lot of value is placed on the partner to do the care, to help with recovery, to help with the dressing, the showering, the wound care, the stretching, the everything. That is that is the system of rehabilitation to make sure that you and your partner go home and you have the tools at hand to be able to support your partner. So I think naturally the physical supporting of your partner would go hand in hand with feeling the responsibility, not only physically, but also emotionally, especially when it's just the two of you who are going through some very real medical situations, very real situations after spinal cord injury, um, where you feel like you're very intertwined and the the dependency is very real it becomes so ingrained that it's like a second language to you so taking a step back and bringing awareness to that and examining those relationships is truly where it begins right and a lot of practice like for myself I started practicing this in the first year of dance injury where I would go off with my girlfriends just to have a bit of like A breather, or what I thought I needed, and there were times where I felt really sad and really feeling guilty. Like, well, what if he's stuck at home? And then the more conversations Dan and I had about it, he was like, "No, this is great. Like, I'm watching, I'm binging my Netflix, or I'm like watching sports all night and ordering pizza. Like, I'm doing my own thing as well. So that made started to make me feel better, thinking, you know, he doesn't always need my energy in the house around him." That, you know, mind you, he's a C5, six level quadriplegic. Where we also learned by me being away that the things that were not set up in the house for him to reach, for him to have accessible to him, needed to change. And had we not practiced the separation of having me there to grab things, to do things, we would have never learned those things. We would have never learned what quote-unquote, his independence could look like because I was always there just doing it. And that became very eye-opening to us over the course of a few different times of me going away Um, for longer than just an evening, for overnights, for weekends away when I was like away in LA and then he was at home with both our dogs and one dog was sick and seeing, is this manageable? Is this realistic? Is it realistic to leave him with two dogs and one not feeling so well, what is he going to do? Is he capable of getting himself out of bed um, in the middle of the night if something happened, you know, and if, if the, if the answer to that was no, well, how can we set up our lives and our home in a better, more accessible way that he is able to do that if he has the physical ability to do that. But there are other barriers within the house that are preventing him from doing that. And you really only get to know those when you are on your own and you're maneuvering around your home and you're thinking, Hmm, that's really way up high. Why, why did Elena leave the cereal on top of the fridge or whatever, right? It's outside of my means to be able to be successful. So things like this, right. And you learn that from navigating your own life and your own home. And yeah. I, I know that this is a common theme in a group that this is the only way to learn is really from lived experience of participating in your, in your daily life and realizing what you need. So yes, so the guilt is very real. Um, I definitely had some guilt around that (laughs) at first, but it comes with practice. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of value in discomfort and discomfort is there to highlight some opportunity. If you're willing to take it, um, we cannot change without discomfort. It, it is showing it's a great, great teacher. It's showing you what is just on the very edge of the other side that is attainable to you. If you're willing to sit in it, if you're willing to dig through it. Um, of course, it's more, you know, our human brains and bodies want us to want to keep us safe. They don't understand. It's not like we completely get the gist of why we back off when things are discomfort you know uncomfortable or painful to us emotionally that we we want it to stop so we usually stop our journey halfway through to being almost there being almost at the at the other side of success so don't stop that i think it's natural for us to feel sad or guilty or shame but as long as nobody's getting hurt you're not you know you're not hurting anybody that the practice is there for you to continue if you're willing to take it
1: yeah, for sure. I'm really glad that you're talking about the emotional side of that. Cause while, you know, the b- big silver lining of finding, you know, what you were talking about earlier, finding your independence by being alone. It's huge. But there's also a huge silver lining of when your partner's alone, they have to face themselves, right? And, you know, we've talked about this in the past so many times, but there is so much value in instead of feeling guilty because your partner has to be. At home, quote, bored or by himself, or, you know, you could spiral out of control with all the things that you think that they could be thinking, or reasons why you shouldn't leave, or reasons why they shouldn't be alone because they have to be, quote, depressed, or they have to think about their situation. But, like, you know, you're just preventing the inevitable from happening. And I think the sooner that you rip the band aid off, the better. The sooner they have to sit with their feelings about being alone and, you know, maybe even the lack of independence that they feel or being upset that they're, you know, with someone else besides you. I think it's a huge, another silver lining of this is having to deal with the thoughts that come up within themselves is such a benefit, not just for them, but for your relationship. Your relationship will
0: get better if they do that. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a lot, there's a lot that's attached to that with, yeah you know, seeing each other as, you know, more equal or all sorts of different things that you can, you can go off of. You can have open conversations about the things you've also both learned while one person was away from the other, or you have more stories to share about your experiences. You're not always there together. You can have different levels of communication as well. Like there's so many different aspects to building a healthy and happy relationship that is not always intertwined with togetherness. Right. Um, For sure. I know that my partner and I have very different personalities. So I'd like to learn more about what it is that he's doing with his day when I'm not around and vice versa. Like I don't always really want to be with my partner 24 seven. I just, I really just don't. I also like to go for walks by myself. Like I, I also like to be in nature alone. Um, this is also very personality dependent. Like you had mentioned earlier, there are women who don't have those options or haven't set those options up yet. Um, the lack of caregivers in our community is a very real topic. And I believe it's getting worse and worse. So those are some things to keep in mind. So how do you balance, right? And um, I really liked one of the comments on our group, um, where a woman mentioned that she does girls' nights at her house. You know, she has her garage set up with snacks and music, and they do cards, and they they make it a really fun thing in her space as well but separate from the space. And like you had mentioned earlier, setting up your home in a way where you can still be there, but not necessarily be there. I mean, another fun thing that that we like to do is have like couples nights. You go out with another couple where you're still able to be together, but you're also not together. And You know, there are other options, but that, again, that's very dependent on the level of medical needs that your partner has. If your partner is in discomfort and not having the best time within themselves, then they're not going to have a good time no matter where you go or what you're doing. So it's very multifaceted. There are so many different angles to balancing a happy and healthy relationship.
1: Well, just to finish up the whole um, emotional guilt piece, um, what about the comments that we get and not just on this kind of post, but we get a lot of women talking about how their partners are angry at, at their situation. And so their partners lash out at them and make them feel guilty about them having their own lives. How you know that this is a big, big, big thing. And I, I, you know, I was listening to you talk and I'm like, holy crap, we could literally do 10 hours of podcasts about this specific topic. So exactly. We, you know, that's a, like that's we, a whole
0: other episode. <laughs> yeah, like we'll we'll we would
1: get into it a lot more. And we have in the past, but this is definitely another topic that is a huge topic in the community of of um, being made to feel guilty and um how would you kind of handle that when it comes to going out with your girlfriends or doing something that you want to do? Let's say your partner is having trouble with his own emotions and processing his emotions, which, well, I I will say it is him. It's not you, right? Regardless, if he's lashing out and saying, you know, don't leave me, or he's saying harmful things to you, or he's saying hurtful things to you to make you feel guilty, he's trying to manipulate the situation that has nothing to do with you. Um, That is a hundred percent, their stuff that they're not looking at and they're not dealing with and their discomfort. Um, how would you like quickly tell a woman to to deal with that if she's kind of experiencing that from your perspective?
0: Well, I don't think there is a quick way to to answer that question, actually, because everybody's situation is so vastly different. Um, and I, the only thing that I could think about was right off the top of my head, um, what it felt like when I was younger, when my mom was sick and me wanting to go out and do things with my friends, um, because my mom would tell me and she would say, you need to go out to continue going, doing things like you're young, go live your life. But I would feel so bad because I knew that whether I left or whether I was going to come home later on, she would still be in bed feeling really quite awful. And so hard. It is really hard. and. um because it's and very I, reflective of how a lot
1: of women feel in this community, you know, right, that have exactly. sickly partners, right? That are dealing with pressure sores and all that stuff. Like, I, it's it's tough.
0: It is, and I, you know what? Uh, from what I recall, just sort of reflecting back right now, um, I did both. There were many times that I would say, "No, I'm not going to go," and I would just stay. And I felt I really sat in the feelings of what it felt like to abandon myself and what I really wanted to do and just stay and not listen to what I wanted to do and still cancel my plans and just stay. So I I sat in that for a while. It felt really sad. <laughs> it felt really awful. And, um, and I also sat in, okay, I'm going to go and I'm just going to continue on. And the only thing I can say is taking that big leap and jump and leaving if you stay, that's all you're going to think about and it will start brewing. It will start festering a whole new beast within itself that it will bring up other feelings and emotions, maybe resentment, maybe guilt, maybe sadness, maybe depression, maybe anxiety. If you go, you might feel those things for a short time, but I don't want to say you're distracted, but you're sort of, if you allow it to be in the flow of the new activity new conversations with the people that you're still with, you can go and realize it's not forever. You're just taking a time out. You're just taking a break. And maybe you're honoring something that you want to do yourself, but you're not going to come home with resentment. And resentment is one of the toughest things to shake because it can spiral so, so, so quickly. And yeah, I think I took that knowledge into my experience with Dan was, okay, I will stay. I can stay, but am I going to feel better or worse? Or am I going to go? And again, it takes a lot of bravery. It takes a lot of courage to get yourself together, to walk out the door, knowing that you're coming back. It's not like you're going forever. And it's a practice. It's being able to say, okay, I'm just going to go right now. I'm just going to go for maybe a 20 minute walk. And then I'm going to come back. Or right now, I'm going to sit down on a park bench somewhere else and read a a few pages of my book. And then your practice continues for longer periods of time. And again, analyzing how you feel within yourself while you do these things. There is no real answer to this, except for listening to your truth, listening to your gut feelings, listening to how you feel. If I gave this advice to somebody who's an extreme introvert and is like I do not like to socialize outside of the house this is not for me I don't really like other people I don't really want to be around other people why would I want to leave then this is not the advice for you um I am an Aries I like to be out and about I like to to be around other people that is something that makes me feel good I really my thing is community it is socializing that's what I like to do but gauging of what, what you need for yourself. For some women I've read on the group going away and just being in a hotel room by yourself, maybe using the spa while you're there, using the pool by yourself, maybe catching up on some sleep. That's a really real, that is a very real thing in our community time. You only have 24 hours in a day. And are you spending 20 hours out of 24 caring for your partner and you now have ran out of time for yourself maybe that is something you need so maybe it doesn't have to be a social thing maybe it doesn't have to be a girl's night it is whatever you haven't done in a long time maybe go for a kayak you know grab a kayak go out on the water go for a hike go for a cup of coffee completely by yourself take yourself out for a lunch date completely by yourself whatever you need to do to honor what has been missing for a long time? What are your hobbies? What are some activities you like to do? Another theme that I read over a few times that came up many, many times, actually in the comments on the private discussion group on Facebook was, I don't have that many friends, people have lost their social circle through spinal cord injury. That's okay, that happens. As you age, you realize that you do have fewer and fewer friends, or maybe you're making new friendships with like-minded people over like-minded situations this is what the private group is actually completely amazing for it's finding other women in your in your area or online with whom you have new interests and hobbies with or like-minded conversations with and those things are amazing nurture that grow with that don't let those things go and don't compare yourself to other people's ideas of self-care or what it looks like to have a quote-unquote girls' night. Girls' night can be a solo night for you, you know? So there, it's it's a big area, but at the very end of it, it's truly about whatever feels good for you that maybe you've lost and try to sort of harness that again and try to find that balance because Truthfully, the key to life is balance, being able to balance all things all around you equally or as close to as equally as you can. When you have one side of one side of things taking over a lot of your space and a lot of your time, then things can feel really uncomfortable and really listen to that because the anxiety and depression that a lot of women speak of, those are signifiers. They're telling you something, something's not right. And it's okay to feel those, those feelings. Like you and I were talking about earlier today, everybody has something. Everybody has signifiers of discomfort, of sadness, of grief, of anger. It's okay. Everybody has that. You're not the only person, but it's telling you something. So listen to that.
1: For sure. And develop that discernment, spend time developing that, developing that discernment within yourself. So, cause like, you know, having been through the survival mechanism that happens when your partner has an unexpected injury and you're, you know, trying to like claw your way out of survival mode, which takes so much work and effort. Having been through that myself, I know that like, you know, when someone would say to me, oh, do you want to hang out or do something? Like I I used to be invited to spin classes a lot, used to be. um, And I would, I would go and it would just, At the time, my idea of a girl's night, you're speaking about solo experiences, my idea of a girl's night would be literally to put on my computer or put on a good book, comfy pajamas and get into bed and have like three hours of just like laying in bed (laughs) because I was in such hardcore survival mode. That's what appealed to me at the time. And I remember that feeling of like people, oh, you should go out and do this. And I was like, that is literally the last thing I want to do. And I know that there's like a lot of women in our community right now who are in that phase or they're going through this phase again where they just feel like being a hermit and hibernating. And, you know, we all go through that. I think that is just as valid um of an experience as it is going out with your girlfriends to be honest or doing a solo thing I think resting
0: is oh my god yes yes there's nothing better than getting into bed at like 6 p.m with like a good chick flick yeah good maybe painting your nails sometimes I like to paint my nails when I'm like sitting on my bed watching a a movie that I know Dan's not gonna appreciate in any way and sometimes it's like (laughs) an old movie, like never been kissed or whatever, like, you know, just something that's just like, Oh, that's, that's sweet. My partner would not enjoy this at all. Or like getting your own, you know, sushi, go for a little sushi date by yourself and then come home and just relax or hang out in your garden or whatever it is you like to do. Like I, I did notice that through Dan's injury, I picked up various hobbies, things like I started knitting. I did more painting. Um, I, Well, recently I've taken up pottery, but something that's like really outside the norm, something that you can learn that you can let go of and go back to. There's no real time limit for that. You can create your own growth over that is based completely on your own idea of what you want this to look like. Something that's a real sort of hobby in flow. Like you were doing yoga teacher training for a while there, you know, something that is completely all yours and only yours those things are really important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think doing those things in itself, like even if you're not ready to go out for a girl's night as a way, or you don't have time, or it, it literally is the last thing on your mind, or you have a high level quadriplegic as a partner who you can't get out of the house. Um, I think the more activities you do, even the little 20 minute breaks you take, even just to rest, the more you do that, um, the more your discernment will kick in while you'll you'll start to realize that this is what I do want. This is what I don't want. This is what I need for myself. Whereas like when you're in survival mode, you can't, you don't have that discernment barometer in your yourself. You don't know whether you actually want to do something or if it's toxic for you, or if it's, you know, maybe you don't want to leave the house and it's super toxic, but that's all you feel like doing because you're in trauma mode. You know what? It's everything gets skewed. So when you mm-hmm. start to like take those timeout moments for yourself during the day or or um, maybe even once a week or maybe even once a month, right, to start, sometimes you might only have once a month. Um, you'll start to, that that whole intuitive gut guidance that everyone is born with will start to kick in more,
0: right? Yeah. Well, and once a month is actually quite often because it's only four yeah. weeks. And if you do something one week, only a few really only a few weeks go by before the next one, before you're due to give yourself a little bit of love. So, Well, um, even you
1: and I, like people, you know, like we only go out and do girls night. I don't know, once every two months, maybe once a month, once every six weeks. Like we don't do it that often.
0: No. Right? We have our own lives going
1: on. We do the podcast. It's like when we do, it's super fun, but it's not like Mm -hmm. we do this once
0: a week. (laughs) No, we don't have, I mean- we don't have time. We really don't have time to be doing girls nights all the time. But one of the comments here was I really liked where she basically said I had to make the decision to do things on my own. And this individual has gone out of town with friends anywhere from one to five nights. And she basically says that she just sets him up for success before she leaves. And, she no longer feels guilty because she knows that she needs to recharge and she knows that he will be okay and he will be in charge of his own care. So again, it's a practice. It's a big practice and it has, there's so many variables. Is your home accessible when you're not there? Um, you know, are you able to have somebody like for, for us, we have a 73 year old neighbor named Rosemary who we love very, very much. And she, there's many times if I'm not home and Dan wants to make dinner, let's say, and I haven't meal prepped. Um, and he wants to take something down from the cupboard. He can't reach it. Right. So he'll go over, he'll knock on my neighbor's door and say, can you come over and help me? with xyz and she's if she's home she's happy to bring a can of tomato sauce down or whatever so it's little things like that that are really big things and Mm -hmm. um and for that we will have her over for dinner probably for the rest of her life because she does amazing things to help us out so find Mm -hmm. your people find your circle find your community they are there just uh keep looking don't get discouraged don't get disheartened because life is truly about balance. So, yeah, I really like that comment. The Garage Girls Night comment. Yes. Great idea. That was awesome. I really like that as well. You know um, what? It was
1: a really good idea. There's one comment here that she uh, does girls' weekends or she'll do a girls' night at a hotel nearby she was saying that it's like 15 minutes away. She has a girl's night or a girl's weekend gets away and she comes home in the morning to do his care. And then she goes back to the hotel. I think that's brilliant to be honest. Like, I think that's a really good idea.
0: Yeah. And then another one was about having guys nights when your partner wants to have guys over, if you have a big enough home or a big enough space where she will go in the other room and like read a book or like do her own thing. Also to separate um, and allow him to have his guys night unless he needs something, right? Which is also a really, really cool idea if you're able to do that. If you have that kind of personality. For me, I wouldn't be able to do that because I'd be like, I want to be in on guys night too. What are you guys doing? (laughs) What kind of pizza you order, right? So for me, that's really hard. I have to physically remove myself from the house. Um, But that is a really great idea.
1: Yeah, it is. Especially with football season coming up, if there are ladies that their partner loves football and they don't really like it as much, um, yep. that's definitely a good time because football games are like, what? Anywhere from like two, well, with ads and stuff, a couple, few hours, right? So it gives a lot of time there for you. You just have to be so creative with your time, right? Like so creative in this life. Like I, pats on the back to all of you ladies out there who are just, you're just all so creative with your ideas. Like, It's just, it's great. It's great to read.
0: Hmm. yeah another woman says I never feel guilty he and I both we really value um, time to unwind with our own friends or together or apart we just really value the time to unwind it's nice to have a few hours do not have to worry about his needs just, you know and yeah. that is very true, that is very real. Another woman said mm-hmm. that she loves to go biking for bike rides for for two hours, and she just takes off and then she comes back yes. and she continues on. That is huge exercise being able to go for a yes. walk on your by yourself, shake things around, shake your yes. nervous system <laughs> around <laughs> and, literally and- shake yourself. <laughs> literally shake yourself and then you come back and you might have a fresh new perspective i like to go for walks in the rain when it's raining here on the seawall in vancouver that is my favorite thing to do i will definitely be out walking in the rain being able to feel the rain i came to this conclusion during the pandemic like how lucky are we to be able to have the senses to feel to see to smell so get in it get out there do the things that you've always, you know, your parents told you, don't leave, don't leave the house without your jacket. It's like do those things. Be brave. Yeah. Do those things. Uh, let your brain expand, create new neuroplasticity, do new things, try new things. Things will change for you if you're willing to let it.
1: Yeah. And I think there's just so many opportunities in this lifestyle to get creative and to still do the things that you love and still prioritize the things that you love while you're helping somebody else. Um, this, this is one of the things that it is another silver lining of this, of this injury is you really learn how to prioritize different things and really wear a shit ton of different hats at one time and learn how to balance in a stressful situation. Um, that's a huge gift. And I think it's going to serve a lot of these women, um, going forward in their lives. It's just, it's a skill, right? Like you said earlier. Finding balance is a skill. It doesn't just happen. You have to like work for it. <laughs> and boy, do we get a chance to work for that as Wags of us. Yeah, don't we? <laughs> um, so I, I think this is obviously we could go on forever about how important all this is. But um, if you have been kind of seeking a girl's night or wanting a girl's night, and let's just say you don't have any friends in the area, because there was a lot of women that replied saying they don't have friends in their state or their area, um, and you want to chat please join our discussion group if you are not a member already we have two discussion group and a self-care group and this is where we get into all these things that are important to us and this is where we have these discussions and you know there's a lot of women like you were saying earlier that don't have friends because they've lost touch with um their friends that they had prior to their partner's injury just because the lifestyles don't match up or they didn't have time or they're too traumatized whatever the reasons are endless we're still here like you said earlier we're still in the group there was a lot of women that commented below and were saying, I feel this, I feel you I'm in the same situation so to have that sisterhood this is why we do what we do so make sure you're joining that group make sure you're tuning in um, to all the virtual little events that happen in the Whites community and make sure you touch base with us if you have any comments or anything to add to this discussion we would love to hear from you you can reach us anytime at at gmail.com and you know we're just like you we're going through this life alongside you and we would love your feedback and we would love your stories
0: absolutely so until next time take care of yourselves and love one another cheers